Welcome back to episode 88 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. Today is going to be a free-form podcast show, and I'm just going to touch on a couple of different subjects randomly to just bring forth what I have in my mind this morning sitting in my living room. And I said, let me just put this podcast out uh, and share, share with everybody listening. The topic is going to be basically uh, Marcus Aurelius and his book, Meditations. As you know, Marcus Aurelius was a Stoic. And uh, Stoicism is a philosophy that was started by Zeno the Stoic from the city of Sidium, which is modern-day Cyprus. And as you know, back in those days, a lot of that area was actually under Greek influence. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into what's really happening right now on the planet, on the economy, uh, you know, what's happening with this yellow vest protest that's spreading all over Europe, uh, the stores closing down in the malls and such. So we're going to, we're going to touch on that. And it's not a downer episode. It's just going to be a strategic episode just to plan your chart, your course, where you're going to go and the actions you have to take preemptive prior to things changing so that you can be in a position to take advantage due to the knowledge that you have and the ability to forecast what's coming up. And it's pretty easy to forecast. The other thing we're going to talk about are skills that you need to be looking into so that you could have a viable trade. A lot of people are taking college courses today and they're basically garbage. They're going in for sociology and they get a job as a receptionist. So there's no value there. So we're going to get into that a little bit. We're also going to talk about taking ownership of your own life and how not to submit yourself and be stuffed into a box by Madison Avenue and where they want to stuff you and where they want to put you, which is really in a box and put you in a hole in the ground, but that's a different topic. A lot, lot of stuff going on. So I'm going to start off with Marcus Aurelius. He was an emperor, and he was known as the Philosopher King. And if you ever saw the movie Gladiator with Russell Crowe, that was uh, the emperor, the old guy, was Marcus Aurelius. And he wrote a book that's called Meditations. And the book is really, really profound. The interesting thing about his book and Stoicism is Stoicism really can be considered almost like an Eastern type of philosophy, like a Zen Buddhism, Taoism. It's insane because they get into the meditation, they get into the detachment, they believe that a man should only be concerned about the things that he has power of and the things that he doesn't have power of, he really shouldn't be worrying about, which is very Taoist, very Buddhist, actually, in concept. So Stoicism, again, is a Greek philosophy, but it really lends itself to like a universal type of detached and self-realized thinking, the way it presents itself in the teachings that it brings forth. I highly recommend you going onto YouTube and just punching in, you know, Marcus Aurelius meditations. There are other teachings on YouTube with it, but Marcus Aurelius, he seems to be the point guy when it comes to stoicism, just the way he presents it. And just the whole juxtaposition of him being a Roman emperor and practicing the stoicism philosophy that, that he brought to the table. And it's not just practicing it, but it's living it real life. The interesting thing about this stoicism is it 
hinges itself and leverages leverages itself it's hard to say leverages itself directly against what's happening today with this whole safe space me 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 nerf the whole planet snowflake type of thinking where people refuse to take responsibility for their own lives refuse to take the actions or too lazy to take the actions that are going to benefit them and do the things that they're really supposed to be practicing thinking independently working out being responsible for what you do what you consume what you think what you allow into your mind and just having this you know mentality where you're going to sit on your phone all day on snapchat and instagram and just live this whole synthetic electronic life that they want to pin down on all of us you need to put down that damn phone and see the light that's passing you by right in front of you. So the Stoicism is real profound teachings. Like I said, you can go on YouTube and, and really get into it. I mean, it, it could really have a direct positive effect on your life and the direction that you're going in. Basically, what Stoicism means is one of, one of the great Stoic teachers is and they would whisper, the Roman warriors would whisper this to themselves when they were going to battle and living their own lives. And they would say, remember your death. In other words, remember you're going to die. The saying in Latin is, momento mori. You could look at this two ways. You could look at this as a morbid, depressing, oh my God, I'm going to die. Or you can flip at 180 degrees and understand that what it's telling you is to appreciate and have a passion for the life that you're living right now carpe diem again latin for seize the day everything is really either seeing the glass half empty or seeing the glass half full to me that momento mori is such a motivating driving saying i mean remember your death how, how, how much more succinctly can you put that you can you can hear that you know and say to yourself oh it's not worth it. I'm just going to pull the cover over my eyes and eat, you know, a half a gallon of ice cream because I'm going to die. Or you can say, what am I doing here sitting in a puddle of my own piss and groveling over myself? Let me get up. Let me seize the day and let me take action. I mean, you can live for another, you know, 80 years or you can die tomorrow. Who, who really knows? No one knows. But seize the day. Carpe diem. Fortis Fortuna Avodat, you know, fortune favors the brave. It It's how your perspective, it's how you see it. That's the issue with young, especially like younger people today, but people in general today, you find that they immerse themselves in making excuses of why they're not succeeding, of why they are just not really doing anything outside of fumbling around with their phones and you know, I don't want to turn this into a negative thing, but I mean, it's it, it, it really doesn't make any sense to me in the sense that people just roll over and submit to whatever authority is over them, you know, just to not break out of their own, break the rust off of their own joints and existence and move forward where they need to go and do the shit that they need to do. By saying that, I mean, you know, what actions are you taking right now? Are you are you on Snapchat right now putting whiskers on and sending it out hoping to get some kind of likes? Or are you reading philosophy? Are you learning a new skill, learning a new trade, uh, going to the gym and pounding some weights, you know? 
And not one of these things you want to do to overlap everything else. You don't want one of these. You don't want to be a muscle head and just work out all day, unless if that's your thing. Or you don't want to just be reading philosophy all day and just, you know, be like a hermit. But it's balance, as in all things. Again, that's one of the reasons why I really love the Eastern philosophy, due to the balanced nature of the teachings that it has, because Eastern philosophy doesn't necessarily dictate the actions that you need to take and, you know, follow step A, B, and C, but it whispers to you about life and about the right way of living and thinking and practicing your existence here, you know, mindfulness and meditation and such, and the deep breathing, as I always talk about. It's really important to have that balance. And this stoicism really lends itself to the Eastern way of thinking. It's amazing. It almost looks like it's a, a Hellenistic or Greek interpretation of Eastern philosophy. I sometimes wonder, did some Eastern dude go to, you know, Zeno and talk to him about the stoicism? It's, it's really interesting. So these teachings really speak very deeply and profoundly uh, to my soul. And it's can really change your life i recommend you check out that stoicism look into it and marcus aurelius's book meditations the next topic we're going to touch on is what's really happening right now on this planet you know what's happening with the economy what's going on in the news our educational system and the phrase uh i believe it's a latin phrase which is order up chaos order out of chaos which is what is being perpetuated on us right now. They're creating all of this chaos so people don't know which way to, don't, don't know which nostril to breathe out of, what eye to look out of, or where to stand, you know, without tumbling over and being completely off balance. To begin with, the news that we're being fed is just, as I said, all bullshit. If you stop watching television for, let's say, a month, for 30 days, right? Stop watching television for 30 days completely don't watch any television and don't consume any mainstream media just just do other things i mean there's, there's a whole people existed for million years without television so you you know so do that for 30 days don't watch television and then just randomly after 30 days go and put put to anything just put television on and i mean unless if it's something about nature or something really beautiful I, you know then you're going to see nature in its fullness but just put some mainstream show on news or television show or something like that and it's going to smack you right in the face what you're looking at is just complete scripted bullshit and people living these synthetic lives where they have these fake smiles and you know timed punchlines and even these reality shows they're all scripted it's a fact so do that just just get a step away from it and see the impact that it has on you and the impact that this brainwashing is having on your life and you're thinking. So that's that's the mainstream media. Now with the economy, you know, I occasionally, you know, go to the mall. I actually go to the mall sometimes to get some coffee to sit down and think and to write down some ideas, you know, some creative ideas for the show and different things that I do. So I go to the mall and I'm noticing that to start with a lot of the stores are shutting down and being replaced by new stores, but then those stores get shut down. And one of the malls that I go to out here in Jersey, actually Menlo Park Mall over here in Edison, when I go there, I see um, they kept shutting down the same store and they put up a Popeye's chicken 
And the Popeye's chicken is the busiest store in the whole mall. People want people want that chicken. It's just and I go there. I mean, I eat little Popeyes. It's pretty good. It's crazy. It's craziness what's happening right now. Man, this mic is kinda hot. I gotta lower it down. Um so yeah, it's what's happening right now with the economy is is really frightful. And they're not bringing it up. They're not talking about it at all. But it's it's not a good thing. It's it's I believe the FANG stocks are the only stocks that are keeping the uh, stock market alive. And the FANG stocks are Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. Yeah, right. I think it's those FANG, FANG stocks. Those are the only ones. And I think Apple is one of them. You know, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google. And I think there's one other one. And what they're doing is that borrowing money at like at zero percent interest or one percent interest and just reinvesting that money that they're borrowing at almost zero percent interest and reinvesting it into their own companies just to pump up and support their own stock to support their own stock and to support the stock market look this look this up guys yeah there's going to be some some stocks that are traded that are doing well but not a whole lot of them i mean to a very large degree that this is being supported by um these fang stocks so again what they're doing is they're borrowing money getting money almost for free and investing it in their own companies to support the stock market to support their own uh companies value because you know it's all about that when you trade it it's all about maintaining the value and make, keeping that graph up in growth if not you know and that's not natural that's no natural way of living so as a result of that the m- money is getting inflated uh, out of control and it what ends up happening is our money is devalued so whatever we're earning let's say you're earning $35,000 a year whatever you make you know 12 24,000 whatever you whatever you're earning that inflation is just taking a direct bite out of your salary so you it's really a hidden tax is what it is not to mention the healthcare system where everybody has to pay i know a couple of people that i know they end up paying 1000 or 1200 dollars a month in healthcare expenses with huge deductibles it's just real it's robbery so i don't want to go dark on this i don't want to get all depressive but at the same time you cannot be that ostrich sticking his head in the hole sticking his head in the ground pretending nothing's going on and you know not seeing that twelve thousand pound tiger ready to pounce on your ass you really got to pay attention that's the economy what's happening right now the educate we're getting it from every angle man the education system, right? They're doing this common core education, this common core teaching, which basically just is a test-taking mantra, test-taking vehicle, where it just has children preparing for different tests that are administered to them throughout the year. And the reason why it's all predicated on testing is that there's a company that prepares these tests and they make money on administering these tests and grading these tests and writing the books for these tests. So it's all profiting off of our children and their education. So the one that loses is the child with his education and the family that gets a child that is a result of this common core shit that they're stuffing down their brains. If you have young children, teach them the truth, man. Have them make sure that they pick up a book and do some reading. Uh, critical thinking have some conversations with them to make sure that you keep them stimulated and you know the new math we won't even speak about it because you know with the new math two plus two may equal five depending on how you do it 
depending on how you got your answer. It's ridiculous. I think Bill Gates said that. The educational system is so sad. Now, once they are finished with this educational system, you know, where they go through the 12th grade with this common core shit, they end up going to college where they're getting a lot of this uh, snowflake, safe space teaching, where everybody gets a trophy and the world is just marshmallows and cream puffs. And just don't offend anybody because, you know, we're, we're not here to learn. We're here to, you know, who knows what? I mean, if you're not, if you're there to just be safe spaced and taught political bullshit, communist rhetoric, I don't know. These kids, part of what I think it, it is, it's hitting me now, is that they are kind of leaning toward this hyper-liberalism, socialist, you know, what do they call it, um, universal income existence. Because they have a fear for their own existence, realizing that they have no viable skills. So they want Big Daddy government to take care of them. And that's being perpetuated through the universities and the teachings that they're getting. I mean, talk to some kids today that are in college and, and, and see the subjects that they're teaching them and the politics that they're shoving down their throat. It's 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 really frightening, man. I mean, they're, they're spending more time with this whole proper pronoun. And I have nothing against any gender or anything like that. But let's keep that out of the school, man. That's something that a person learns through their own experience. And they're living their own life. I mean, we're not little children. Everybody's an adult. And we know what we need to do to get on in our lives. So I don't need the university or the school to be jamming down, you know, my whole ethics and, you know, proper pronouns. It's all bullshit. It's brainwashing. They're putting pitting one race against another race very subtly if you watch the news you know it's it's really sad man it's really really sad and you have to be aware of it so what it is is the order out of chaos they're creating all of this chaos and pitting one entity against another and creating a new boogeyman every couple of days there's a new boogeyman that we need to be afraid of and they want to keep us in fear a few podcasts back i did the fear control mechanism that's happening right now. And it's really true if you're paying attention. Again, the key word is to pay attention. It's happening right now. You need to see it. Which brings me to my next topic. And that is trades, skills, and marketability of you and what you're able to offer the market. You know, the market was not put here to serve you, but you were put here to serve the market. To earn a living, to pay your bills. And not necessarily compete in a bad way, but to compete with others that you're going up against into the job force to, to, to make a living and to get a job. You know, there's it's a competitive world and and to look at it any other way is stupid. You know, I, I always say I don't compete with others. Yeah, that is true. I don't compete with others. But when I'm in a position, you know, from a young man till now, whatever, and I go looking for a job, I'm competitive as hell, okay? Let's be realistic about this. You got to separate the philosophy from paying your bills. Um, of course, you have to have the sound philosophy, the belief systems and everything like that, but you can do that till the cows come home and find yourself on a park bench. You know, there's a point in time that you're going to have to compete to do things to move ahead and to get ahead for yourself and... That's what we're going to get into right now. So having a marketable skill, you know, today in the economy, 
it's becoming a service economy, but it's getting to the point where A, robots are replacing a lot of positions. Amazon, I forget what the percentage is, but they actually have incorporated robots into their operation, into their fulfillment, into their warehousing and distribution. You can go on YouTube and see the video of these. And it's happening today. They're working. They, they're like these columns that are like three feet by three feet by three feet and about five feet high. And they run on these motorized carts. It's like, it looks like a square box stacked up really high and it pivots and turns and goes up and down aisles and brings products to people and takes products back and scans and does everything. It's freaking crazy. And how are you going to compete against that? Because that thing, all that thing needs is a, is a rechargeable battery, a Wi-Fi, and, you know, some code to run on. And how, you can't compete against that. So be mindful of that. You have to look into getting your own marketable skills, which would, again, to me is going to be trades. So learning how, to me, I'm a very, very big component of two things. Of trades, of wrenching, like learning how to fix things, being mechanic, learning hydraulics, conveyor belts, elevators. You know, I know a few young people. Um, I know a young man, very, uh, very close to me. Uh, basically, family. He's a AMP. He's an airplane mechanic, airplane technician, and he, thank God, he makes a very, very good living at that. And uh, this young man, when he was young, he had a passion for cars and doing engine swaps and transmission you know repairs and stuff like that he would do all kind of crazy stuff just getting his hands greasy and going online and this was his passion and he turned his passion into his career and he thank god he has a really good living his friend was driving a dump truck or something like that and got into elevators i think he took a class or something like that for otis or one of these companies like that and now he you know, he makes a really good living in New York City just working on elevators. Not rocket science, you know. Not not easy either. I mean, it's a discipline that you have to get some technical skills for. So, but moving in the right direction. They're, they're both doing pretty well. And I know a few people that are in, in, in those trades and they do very well. You know, you have to get discipline and you have to have... You have to have that mindset. It's like when I get back to that, uh, the law of three, where what is your passion? Are you good at it? And can you make money at it? You got to do that got to look at what your passion is are you good at it and can you make money doing it if your passion is playing uh you know video games you're not going to make money doing it so scratch that <laughs> scratch that passion and get a new passion man so the trades is one really really good direction to go into working on conveyor belts uh, working on cars and one of the things that i really love about the trades first of all you can go on youtube and start doing a lot of research into that and see what that discipline is and the other thing is one of those disciplines leans into the other so as you learn about when i say wrenching i mean mechanics as you learn about wrenching and then you start getting into the hydraulics and then you start getting into the electronics and it all starts integrating and if you learn those skills they're very very marketable You'll need to probably go to some type of trade school, but before you enroll into any trade school, be really careful and check out that trade school's background and their results and reviews on them because a lot of these trade schools are set up just to take your financial aid or take your money. And if they're taking in, you know, so many students every semester and just cranking them out, you don't want to go to that school. You want to go to a school that's a little bit more specialized than where they're not just cranking people out. Do your research. Always got to do your research. 
I, it's sad. I see some of these schools that they do this medical tech and they employ a real, real tricky little thing that they do. And when you get in there, one of the first things you get is a pair of scrubs. Like, you know, these nurse uniforms that are like, like a doctor uniform. So once this young person goes in there and they get a pair of scrubs, they start thinking, oh, I'm a doctor. I'm, you know, whatever. They, it, it's sad, but this is what happens subliminally. And they tell their friends and they go, oh, yeah, look, I have this uniform that I wear. And, you know, I'm, you know I feel like a doctor. And, you know, and they all start enrolling. And when they graduate, they, they ain't shit out there for them because they're not really taught anything. They're taught for blotomy, how to take blood and everything like that. Now, if there's not many people out there doing that, you know, then you're in the right direction, but they just crank these people out. Be very careful, whatever school you enroll in. Now, my favorite is the computer field. I'm not like a big, huge techie, but I am a developer. I am a programmer. The program and the discipline that I have, which I learned years and years ago when it first came out, is SQL, uh, which is Structured Query Language, which is a little bit of Visual Basic. And it is really incorporated in Microsoft Access. And funny enough, I used Microsoft Access 2003, the version that came out in 2003, which is still viable. Love it, man, because the 2003... And I would recommend to people, if you want to get into it and learn, use that version of it. Use the Access 2003 because Microsoft, at some point, I think in 2010, they put this big ribbon with the menu on top. And it's really makes it a whole religious experience just to uh, add a cell or to delete a column. It, it, you know, you have to go through this whole hierarchy drill down thing just to find what you need. Yeah, it has a lot more functionality to it, but it, it, it exponentially complicated the process of using it. When I first saw that ribbon on, uh, in Access, I said, let me get back to my 2003 and just mess with my data. So again, my, my, uh, my skill is, is basically just developing menu-driven databases where, you know, you'll have a database of, let's say, uh, associates, people that you have working for you, and you're going to be able to, this you know, you'll have a menu. This is all done in Access. You know, you'll have a menu, and then you'll do search by the last one of the social, or give me X amount of people with XYZ skill that live in XYZ city that can work XYZ shift. And bingo, you know, who who have called in available for the past month, bang, and then you get your results. So it's SQL, it's structured query language. The other one is Microsoft Excel. You can you can uh, do a lot with Excel. You know, you can set up, uh, you can do filtering, sorting. You can set up spreadsheets and track information. Excel is really powerful. You can take Excel to some very deep levels with the pivot tables and the VLOOKUPs. There's a lot of functionality to Excel. The ideal thing is if you learn Excel and integrate that with Microsoft Access, you can crush. Like, And for those of you guys that are into computers, you're understanding what I'm saying, but none of this is too difficult. Just You have to get into it. The hardest part with the computer programming and developing and just the computer skills in itself is the beginning when you first start creating a spreadsheet or creating a table, inserting fields and properties and stuff like that. It you know relating tables. It, it in the beginning it's a little bit confusing and you'll feel shit going on in your brain like you know the rust kind of flaking off there because you know you're really using your brain for something practical, not like trigonometry that you're never going to use, but real tangible skills that are going to you know help you create 
uh, information processing, you know, like databases and such. So the hard part of the computer learning is the very beginning. So you go on YouTube and you find uh, a YouTuber, a channel that really speaks to you because you'll have, honestly, you'll have 500 different guys teaching Excel, right? Like from beginning to intermediate to advanced or whatever. And like a lot of them, either you can't understand them or they talk too fast or they keep repeating the same shit, right? But you're going to find one that speaks to you. Like one of the things that I find is guys on YouTube that teach, let's say Excel, Access, whatever, they kind of go through it too quick. And by the time you're kind of grasping the concept they give you, they're already on to the next topic. I don't like that. You know, so you find somebody, let's say he goes over the topic and gives the example of, you know, merging cells or relating tables, right? And then he does it and then he backs up and says, okay, just to recover this, you have to click here. And then some people, you can't even see where they're clicking. You got to click in, they show you. Find a YouTuber that you can resonate with the way he teaches, right? Get, I recommend before anything, learn your basic Excel. Learn your basic Excel, how to set up a spreadsheet, you know, is a, is a cell going to be formatted as a date field? Because if it's formatted as a date field, you can do sorts and organize it and filter it by date. If it's a text field, you can't do that. Numeric field, you can do calculations with. Text fields, you cannot. So little concepts that you need to learn. What ends up happening is once you get into it, it becomes fun, actually. To me, it's like my Xbox, except you get paid with this Xbox. Again, back to the, the, the passions and what is your passion and, you know, that's a passion you can get paid for. Definitely. A lot of people today, too, don't have computer skills. They, they, they pretend they do. Oh, I know Excel and I know I, they don't know shit, a lot of people. So it's a definite advantage that you're going to have, you know. And I don't care if you're young or old. You can be an older person, but keep your mind permeable. Keep your mind soft and flexible where you can learn the problem with some older people is that well the benefit of a young person is their mind is more flexible so they can learn multiple concepts easier but if you're an older person you keep your mind flexible and pliant you know you can teach yourself the same skills it's 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 something that you know you you have to understand it's it's a discipline that you need to learn it's almost like a religion you have to come in and kiss the ring and and and, and you know bow down to the altar of uh, of this technology and learn it and get paid from it so it's a very viable skill the other thing i really like about the computer skills is that you can actually like i said learn all of this on youtube you can you can you know however you're going to acquire it i don't ask but you get a copy of microsoft office and you could just sit and drink coffee all night and teach yourself and and really be good at it you know do some examples and take a you know a prototypical store or that wind for wind i forget but there, there's some database that they have in microsoft something wind crosswind or trade wind company and you can get into it man you can take a program that was developed by someone else and you could do what i call frankenstein you can take it apart and see how they put those components together the forms the tables the queries okay the reports the formulas you know, this might sound foreign to you, but get into it, man. And start at the very beginning. Go in and start with Excel. Learn how to set up a, a, a spreadsheet. And then as you start grasping that whole concept with the Excel, start dabbling a little bit with Microsoft Access, uh, setting up a table. 
uh, with the fields and the properties of the field, you know, date, date field, uh, let's see, numeric field, text field, you know, memo field, get into that, man, and then start messing with the queries where you're doing equal to, greater than, uh, for this date range to that range, you know, less than, whatever, you start messing with it because it's a lot, a lot of fun and it can really benefit you. And you can do it in the comfort of your own home. You could be working at Target. And then when you get home at night, you sit there, you crack open your laptop, and you get into it, man. And then you hop, you know, when you start getting decent with it, you hop on Indeed, and you start looking for positions where they want entry, somebody with entry-level Excel and basic customer service, whatever, whatever. You apply for the job. Be tough. You know, you might face some rejection out there. You know, you're going to get interviewed, and the guy doesn't like your shoes, or you started through half the interview, that's fine. You get up, you know, you fall down 10 times and you get up 11. And you keep moving. You're going to find changes in your life. Take a stoic approach. You know, you have to take a warrior's approach to it and just get the results that you need out of that. So I'm rambling on that. So we're going to move. Uh, the computer skills, you know, they're really, really important. Careful also, there's computer uh, trade schools out there that are just wanting your money also. So I recommend before you take any kind of computer classes or anything like that, Te start teaching yourself the basic Excel and access and see if you have a taste for the, for this. And if you do, then do your research and see where that's going to take you. So we talked about the trades. We talked about the computer skills. We talked about access and Excel. The interesting thing, and especially with Microsoft Access and developing, it ha and I started this at a young age, probably around 28 years old. I really started getting into this when the computers first came out. This developing and these databases has a direct impact on your brain and the way you parse your mental processes. Like you start looking, and not in a bad way, but in a very good way, you start looking at life. And you'll look at an object and you'll kind of, like in the Terminator, you know, you'll have that little screen pop up with the properties, dimensions, weight, height, you know, whatever. You start looking at the world in a way where you start breaking it down to really small components and integrating all of these components together. It gives you a real discipline on how to think and how to see the world in a good way, you know. So, yeah, these computer skills, man, have a real, real direct impact, especially if you have a... A young, uh, ch young children or whatever, like get them into it, man. Tell them to get off the Snapchat and start getting into the uh, Access and uh, Excel. There's a lot of other great programs too. I, I, I don't want to forget them, but those are the main two. You can make a living just on Excel, pay your bills. So let's see what else do we have here. Okay, so we're gonna touch on this yellow vest movement. In Paris, I, I think they're on week 14 already, and one guy lost his hand. His hand got blown off. People have died, had their eyes shot out. I see people getting injured, and immediately they go into action. You could tell some of these people are RNs, like nurses that are doing the caring for these protesters. What I'm trying to say is this. I'll be on YouTube watching the protest, and a guy gets shot in his eye or loses his hand. Something, he gets really injured. And automatically they put out that thermal paper, that, that aluminum foil looking paper, and they go into triage right on the sidewalk. And I could see that the people that are doing this, they know what they're doing. They'll start treating the person and they'll start, you know, doing everything that they need to do. So it's sad that this is happening, but it's really good that, that the people are really taking care of one another and taking the appropriate actions that they're supposed to take. This yellow vest movement, it looks like it, it's moved into Belgium, Germany, London, 
and now even in Italy, and they're literally wearing yellow vests and they're protesting, which is some real solidarity. The, the Parisians, man, they knocked it out of the park, you guys in Paris, with this yellow vest movement. It's it's the hundredth monkey type shit, you know, where now the whole world is starting to wake up to what's happening and the oppression that we're all facing. And it's it's beautiful to see this this happening, man, to see the whole world waking up. I, I'm starting to see on YouTube young people that are starting to stand up and take ownership of their own lives. It's funny, but a few months back I went, and you could probably check it out on Reddit. I did a couple of um, posts on Reddit, the podcasting section of Reddit. And, you know, I'm trying to promote the podcast and talking about my last episodes. This is when I first started, like episode 30. And I was saying, hey, I just put out an episode on the Dow. And here's the responses I got back. Oh, alpha male. So do you beat your wife? Um, are you one of these alpha male, like, you know, you hate women? And I'm like, dude, did you even listen to my podcast? Did you even listen to my introduction? You know, you have no idea of what I do. The whole purpose of the title, Alpha Male Buddhist, is the balance of the two. It's, it's you know, being an alpha male and being a Buddhist. It's, they perfectly, they go perfectly together, right? Why, you know, why do I need to be relegated to, like, uh, meditating on a mountain, drinking spring water, and, you know, farting gold dust? It, that, that, that's not the real world. You know, this, you know, a Buddhist can be any person and an alpha male can be any person. It's my choice and it's a state of mind to be in that alpha male mindset. To not submit to any entity or anything like that and to live a self-fulfilled, self-realized life as a man. But that seems to be... So these people on Reddit were just all over my shit. Oh, you're, you're alpha male and they're like, don't listen to this guy and you better reconsider your title. And it was it was ridiculous. And you know what? Reddit is, is getting filled with a bunch of haters, man. Like, you know, it used to be fun a few years back. You would go on there and learn some about different things and some real funny stuff. But Reddit's getting ridiculous. You know, so anyway, I'm rambling. Let me uh, get back to my point. I'm seeing uh, people on YouTube, especially young people, and they're taking ownership of being a man or being a woman for that matter, but just taking ownership of the self and standing up and putting away the little uh, Nerf buttercups and snowflakey cushion chips, whatever, you know, where everybody's getting a trophy and they're taking ownership for their decisions and what they do and they're standing up and they're reading the right things. Like I said, I saw this young man on YouTube today. I don't have his name in front of me, but he was really good. He was um, doing this podcast on Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism, you know? So it's refreshing to see that, man. That 100th monkey is starting to wake up right now. And this system, they're definitely afraid of this because this... You know, they are like 1% of the population and we're, you know, 7 billion out here. Some, just something to be mindful of, you know. So take ownership of your of yourself, of your life. Don't submit to the system and don't allow them to stuff you into that Madison Avenue box that they want to stuff you into so they can put you six feet under the ground, metaphorically. Do your research, do your deep breathing, do your meditations take ownership of your life when you see someone who's receptive to truth knowledge and understanding and wisdom impart that to them if you're in a position to help your fellow man you know help them you know this is we all have to be here to support one another i'm going to send my my love out to our brothers and sisters in paris france in libya 
in Syria, in Yemen, where there's a lot of genocide going on, where babies are dying of starvation. In Palestine right now, because what's happening over there is just genocide. You gotta look into this, man. It's all happening right now, but we we really need to be mindful of this, and we need because we're all when we pass when we pass on from this life, we're gonna be accountable for the karma and the actions that we took here. So you can get away with it now, like they say, laugh now and cry later, man. You're gonna meet your maker, and he's gonna say that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast. Also, is because um, I don't want to be in a position where you know I have some knowledge. You know, I'm not a genius, but I have some knowledge of events that's going on, and I kind of pride myself. I'm being able to aggregate this information, to do this research and find out different things. But it's it's a sin, really, if you have this information and you don't impart it and pass it on and share it for the benefit of all, right? Just the way I've learned immensely from other people, you know, I want to impart this back out so other people can learn and it can be a whole continuous, integrated, like, benefit where people are going from knowledge and understanding and teachings and, and just growing in that, in that love and in that philosophy and that, you know, that self-realization, you know, that we, we, we need to do. So I said to myself, I have this understanding and this, this, this knowledge. I need to share that with other people so that when it's time for me to move on and I meet my maker, whoever you make, whoever you feel your maker is when you meet your maker. And he's going to say, well, Mike, you know, what did you do? I saw that you was on Instagram and I saw that you was, uh, a shysty dude, you know, you were hoodwinking people and stealing and d taking on all this negative karma. Dude, what's going on? Literally, that, that that's what's going to happen. And when my number comes up, I'm going to say, well, you know what? I And I wasn't hurting people. I'd really try to live my life in a good way. But he's going to say, well, you know, you know, Miguel, you had this understanding and stuff like that. And what did you do with it? You know, you, you just, you know, just use it to benefit yourself and realize it yourself. But no, you know, I have this podcast I get, I'm getting emails. I'm starting to get a lot more emails. And I got one that really touched me from a young man. And he explained to me his situation, which was similar to mine. And it, it really touched me at a deep level because a lot, I'll be honest, like I grew up without a father. My father died when I was six. And this individual, his dad passed away. He didn't have these teachings and discipline. And he was telling me how he got a lot of benefit out of listening to the show and learning things that he really needed to learn when he needed to hear it. So that it touched me at a deep level. It was very, very cathartic, man. And that's what it's about. You know, when I meet my maker, you know, he's going to say, well, wow, this, 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 what you did is, is good. You know, you did, this is some really good stuff that you did in the sense of you shared, you know, some people are afraid to speak up, you know, and I was for years, I was, I was thinking about doing this podcast a long time ago and I was afraid that, you know, I don't know. I'm like, oh my God, wow, you know, what if what if this and what if that, you know. But I says, you know what the hell with that? I said, fuck that. I'm going to put this out there and I'm going to speak my mind. That happens sometimes when you get older. You kind of get fed up. And you actually, you know, you, you just need to do it and let it out. So, again, I'm rambling. I'm on to 43 minutes of the podcast. Um, I'm going to cut it off right here. I want you to, uh, you know... Make an evaluation of what, what where you are in your life and what you need to do to improve yourself and to improve your brother men, right? So I'm going to send out all my love. Uh, thank you for listening, and namaste. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, 
Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast, so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbead.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.